Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Iron Brew Podcast. Brad Mel, Matt Blanchard on this one. It's Match Day Live. It's also another Derby Day Live. It comes around nice and fast, doesn't it? Joining us on this one, we've got former director Simon Elliott. So, Simon, welcome back to the podcast. How are you? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. And good afternoon. And uh, Good afternoon to, I'm sure, all those uh, nervous, butterfly-ridden Scunthorpe United fans today. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Let, let's talk about that. I mean, how are you feeling about the Grimsby game? Considering, as I say, it's come round quite quickly. We only played them about a month ago. Obviously, the performance there... It was terrible. I'm sure you've been watching Scunthorpe United. You'll have seen that one. You know, what have you made of it recently? It's been difficult to watch, quite honestly. Um, you know, the, I think a lot of us just want to see the players putting everything they've got into it and challenging and uh, and shooting and, and taking chances. And, uh, you know, I think we understand the situation with, uh, you know, with COVID and no supporters, but that's exactly the same for everybody else. Um, the worrying thing is, is that we're not turning promised performances into wins and points against the teams around the bottom. Um, and we're not putting particularly strong performances in either. And although we're only losing 1-0, you look at it and, and think, you know, where would could we have been in the league if we just had that little bit of experience that, uh, you know, we'd had maybe Kevin Van Veen in the side and Harrison McGahey a bit more regularly. You know, where could we be? We'd certainly be mid-table and if not pushing for the playoff. So I'm just wondering when that switch is going to be switched and, and some of these performances, like we put in against Harrogate when we got five, uh, we're going to see some of that again. Um, you know, we've played a lot of the bottom teams uh, twice in number of instances. And, you know, we've got 12 points against the bottom half teams and we've got 11 points against the top half teams. But we've played more of the bottom half teams. So, um, you know, um, we've got to start turning these performances into wins because the season, well, we, yes, Mr Swan says we've only got halfway through the season. But it's gone very quick and in the flash of an eye, the second half's going to have gone and the season's going to have finished and we're going to be looking back and wondering what, what, what happened. We're obviously um, playing Grimsby again today and you think back to the game at their spot last month, um, you know, we didn't really turn up, did we? And I think Neil Cox after the game said that he'd maybe not got into the players, you know, he'd not been hyping the game up as, as much as he maybe could have done. Do you think there'll be a shift this time given we're at home and obviously it was such a poor performance? I think the fans are expecting a lot better today. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I mean, I've been chatting to a couple of the players on, not on football matters actually, on a couple of other things, and uh, it certainly seems that that the message has, has gone got, got home. I think Neil probably was a little bit embarrassed at the lack of us turning up. I think the only thing we also need to be conscious of is that Grimsby have also got a new manager, who was also ex Scunthorpe and has got something to prove against us. So he'll have his team fired up more so than Grimsby were fired up for that first game. So you know, it could be fireworks actually, but. I'm just hoping that we, you know, we close down, that we, we've got a good team. We've got an attacking team. We've got some people who have got the opportunity to make a bit of a name for themselves. You know, and uh, I've said to somebody earlier on today that, you know, you look at uh, Alex Calvo-Garcia, a foreigner that, that's become a bit of a cult hero. Kevin Van Veen, when he scored against Grimsby and before, a bit of a cult hero. 
is it the day for Karakan to become our next foreign sort of superstar? You know, and uh, I think somebody that's probably unexpected could be a hero today. Yeah, well, you were talking about the team there. I think we'll just run through it now because obviously, remember the Barrow game last time we were talking about how, you know, in the first half at least, we didn't even create anything. So it does seem a little bit more attacking than that. But we've got Howard, Clark, Taft, Honorise, Gilead, Loft, Issa, Green, Beeson, Carrigan, and then O'Malley as well. So, you know, there's a few players in there to look out for. There's a few ways this lineup could go. It could be a 4-4-2. It could maybe play as a three. You know, there's there's definitely attacking players, you know, with Green's in there, Issa's in there, Gilead's there. Hopefully this time we'll see a bit more of an in- attacking intent that I think has been missing the last couple of games. It certainly looks excited. I mean, I think if you were to you know, ask most of the supporters, if assuming Kevin Van Veen wasn't going to be there, um, who we'd put on the pitch to sort of create a bit of a flair and a little bit of excitement, they would be the players you'd probably put on the pitch. Uh, I think the likes of Isa, though, need to realise they've got to defend as well as go forward. And when they haven't got the ball, they've got equally as much to do. And I think, you know, we have put a lot of pressure on the uh, the back four in the last few weeks by not tracking back and not, not doing enough in midfield. So, so long as they are prepared to track back and do as much when they haven't got the ball, I'm quite excited uh, by the lineup. I think the important thing is we get some service to Loft. Uh, a lot of supporters, quite rightly, have been a little bit critical of him, but the service he's been having hasn't been fantastic. So hopefully, you know, he might get a couple of chances today and, uh, and prove all the doubters wrong. Um, but with Isa, with Green, with Gilead, with Carrickham, we've got some players that can turn a game, and uh, hopefully that will uh, that will be shown in the first twenty minutes or so. Yeah, I'd agree with that about Loft. I think you know he, he has been under fire, if you like, and I think. Um, he was obviously a doubt coming into this game, uh, but you look at it and you were looking at kind of the other options we had available. Obviously, Turan's injured, uh, you know, Kev's not quite ready, Olamola's a couple of weeks off. So I think, you know, it, it was it was key really that he was fit um, just to give us that kind of focal point up front. And I think, you know, you're right. I think we, we do need to get some support, um, you know, we get players in and around it, obviously, Issa and Green as well. And I think with Green, um, I think we need to see a little bit more from him when he starts a game because I think he's been great when he's. You know, he's made substitute appearances. He's kind of used his pace. He's took players on. And I think at Barrow, he kind of created a couple of chances, but there was just no one in the middle. So it'll just be nice if, you know, he can, um, you know, really take the game to Grimsby from the start. He's got a lot of pace. And I think that's that's really what you need at this level. I think, um, you know, if you've got pace, you'll go quite far. And I don't think we've utilised it enough. So, you know, hopefully he's kind of playing off loft and, um, yeah, we can we can see that today. But overall, I think uh, I think you're right. I think it's probably the best team we could put out um, with the players we've got available. Uh, and obviously, it's nice to see um, Hallam on the bench as well because I think we've we've seen little flashes from him. But I think obviously his injuries have kind of got the better of him um, during his time here. But I think if we can get him fit as well, he's another option that could potentially play off Loft in in that kind of role, um, you know, the number ten role, and um, you know he can create as well quite a clever player. So I'd like to see him. Have a bit of a um, you know run if he can get fit. I think that would be nice. But um, also O'Malley, I think uh, good to see him back. I know it was obviously um, sort of come back in by default, really, with with Brown being suspended. But I think he can give us um, a lot in terms of delivery into the box. I think his, his delivery has been good on the whole since he's he's coming to the side. Um, and you know he, he can find himself really unlucky that he's been dropped the last couple of weeks. But I think hopefully he'll come back in today. Uh, it'll be fresh and hopefully he can give Loft some service and, and we, we score a few goals. Yeah, well, I think that's right. I think the other important thing as well, there's Grimsby may double up on Isa and if they double up on Isa from the beginning, that might leave some spaces for some other creative players to do something a little bit special. 
Um, so that might actually be a, a positive one as well, given given those opportunities. Um, but I, I really do think that you know they they are some young lads, and uh, you know we do still need, I think, another striker. Um, hopefully, it's going to be before the window closes. But you know, it's a shame we haven't got one in quickly. Obviously, something's gone on um, in the background because I think both Mr. Swan and Neil Cox were seeming pretty confident and it wasn't just Kevin Van Veen that was a new striker they were talking to somebody else and either the club have decided that they don't want to release him or the players decide he doesn't want to come to Scunny um, but I think the supporters need to realise there's an awful lot of work goes on behind the scenes um, you know there's so many phone calls get made so many agents are promising the world with their players and uh, you know you, you feel for the at this time you feel for the managers you feel for the, the management of the club in trying to sort of sort the wheat out from the chaff and Right now, they're still obviously balancing it against balancing the books with the um, the ceiling that they're allowed to go to. But players are still wanting to earn sort of silly money, so they've got to get players out. Um, obviously, the players that we used to get out went on to bigger and better things because they were good players, and we're now a bit more reliant upon our players going into non-league, and some of those leagues are shut down, so it, it shuts the window for us to get rid of players as well. So, you know, it's a, it's a difficult time and. Uh, but this team, I think, you know, has got a chance for today. And today's the only thing we can look at. That's what's in front of us. And I think the other interesting thing is the next four games, including this one. You know, we've talked before about, you know, we're, we're losing to the bottom teams, which we have lost to the bottom four. But actually, the next four games are equally all winnable. Uh, Grimsby are bottom in the form charts. Um, Port Vale are in the bottom seven. Uh, Colchester are in the bottom eight. So, you know, there's, there's, um, there are teams that we've got to beat. The next four are all in the bottom seven on the form. So get a good result today. And, you know, who knows, in four more games, we could optimistically be looking at a few more points on the board. You mentioned the average age of the squad there. And obviously we know that previously, you know, at the start of the season, it was, we were a very young side. We've got a bit of experience in there now. You've obviously mentioned um, Karajan and, and obviously Howard in, in goal. And, you know, it, it does look a lot more experienced with Taft as well, I suppose. Um, do you think Cox can still use that as an excuse that he's still a young side? You know, he, he does say that after games, doesn't he? He still kind of mentions that, um, you know, we've got a lot of young lads. Do you think that excuse is maybe wearing a little bit thin now, given the experience we've got? Um, yeah, I still think we've. I still think that's the mistake that we made. Quite honestly, you know, we. I wonder what the strategy was. Um, you know, we released thirteen players. Uh, I could understand why because we needed to get the wage bill down. Um, you know, gone are the days when when I was on the board and Mike Ashley. Uh, we beat Newcastle and Mike Ashley said, you know, good side there. And I said we just had to raise our wage bill to just over two million. And he said two million. I've got two players. I pay two million. <laughs> so no. So money's a funny thing in football, and I can see why. You know, Peter Swan had to look at the book, look at the books and say, you know, we've got to get the wage bill down. Uh, I do think that the likes of Levi Sutton we could have kept, and there was a couple of others that maybe we should have taken a gamble on. Um, and I do think now that we've got more experience on the pitch, uh, I think that is is becoming a little bit thin. I think we're all getting a little bit fed up of of hearing it because they've now got twenty three or more games under their belt, and uh, you know they should be learning and we should be playing the style of football that we were promised. Uh, and we should be winning more points than we than we are. In terms of the players coming in, obviously we just talked about the transfer, and, and you know, as unfortunately we're, we're sort of looking down the leagues to have players to take, you know, get players off our hands. But obviously, you know, national leagues they've they've shut up a little bit now, haven't they? I think they're suspended for two or three weeks, I think. So you know that that will take us to the end of January. In terms of like when you were at the club and how you know the transfer windows worked, obviously it's quite common to see deals done 
late on or you know even on the day quite late on on the transfer deadline day i think from a fan's perspective at the minute we're sort of feeling like maybe nothing really else is going to happen you know we mentioned that they were looking at a striker it's probably not going to happen you know that seems to have gone quiet do you think it's likely we are going to get players in or do you think that's pretty much it now and we are going to have to basically limp to the end of the season with what we've got I can never really understand the transfer window because if you know, I, I, I would have always thought that if you need players, you go early and you try and get them mm-hmm. in, so you've got four more weeks to bed them and get get better results from the the club. I do actually think that sometimes the theatre of the last few days, the last few hours, um, you know, some chairmen love that; they like it. The clubs like it to be seen to be you know making last minute uh, acquisitions. For me, I would have liked us to have seen somebody on in the building before this game. Um, but I, I still think that um, Neil Cox and uh, Peter Swan are looking for one, possibly two players. But I don't think that they'll do it as a knee-jerk. I think they know who they want. Um, and if that's not going to happen, then we might be disappointed. I don't think they'll just bring somebody in for the sake of it. Because um, that would be, be silly, given the fact that we've got this, uh, you know, this um, ceiling on our, on our wages. You mentioned there about, obviously, Neil Cox and Lillis, and I think let's go a little bit more general now. So, obviously, we've had quite a few, you know, managers over the last couple of years, but obviously, Neil Cox, you know, local lad, you probably know Mark Lillis as well, won't you? What did you make of that appointment when they were announced last summer? I think, like everybody else, we're really excited because, you know, we, we, we do, you know, we're, we're lads from Scunthorpe and we like to look after our own, don't we? And, uh, you know, it's interesting because when you, when you look back from 1997 to 2012, we had four managers in 15 years and they'd all had something to do with the club. You know, Brian Laws, he went to the Premier League. Nigel Adkins, he was our physio, he went to the Premier League. Ian Barraclough, you know, he was a play- lad played for Scunthorpe and he loved Scunthorpe and he went and is now an international manager in Ireland. And Alan Nil played for Scunthorpe and, you know, he's gone to become assistant at Sheffield United in the Premier League. So, you know, w- we had four managers and they all had something to do with the club. Uh, in the last sort of uh, eight years, we've had sort of 12 different people sitting at the desk, albeit some of them twice. Uh, and only really Mark, Li- Mark Robbins has gone on to do bigger and better things. So, I think the fact that we've brought in that we've brought in um, Neil Cox, who's a Scunthorpe lad, lives locally, played for the club, has got lots of experience, and Boona, Mark Lillis, you know, we all remember him running around with the flag, getting the wowing the supporters. You know, I think we thought we'd got the dream team there, and I still do believe that if we can just put some results together, um, you know, their confidence will go up and their belief will 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 take us to the right place. So. I, you know, I think it was the right decision. Hindsight's a really good thing. You know, we could have said, should we have sacked Alexander? I had my opinions. The chairman had, has his opinions and he's, he, he owns the club, so he makes the decisions. But I just hope that he sticks with Neil Cox a little bit longer, especially if we get a good result today. Yeah, obviously we spoke to Peter Swan earlier in the week and he did say that we can't keep sacking managers and it did sound as though, you know, Cox has, has got his back in long term. Do you think that's the case? Or do you think if we lose today and, and it's you know not a great performance and we don't see a bit of passion and a, and a bit of effort from the players, do you think he might be at risk? Well, from what Peter Swan said on his interview with you, I would certainly think he's, he's not going to get sacked after today's game. Um, if he does, then it would be a strange twist from what, what he was saying. And I think, I think what we need is that word consistency and you know, it's too easy to keep firing people and hoping that, that you're going to get a bounce from it. And we've tried that several times before and it hasn't worked. And, 
you know, listening to Neil Cox, uh, you know, he, he talks well. He's got the uh, the back of the players have got his back. You know, he's, he hasn't lost the dressing room or anything like that. He's he's got young lads who are probably lacking in confidence who keep getting beaten, and it's it's hard for him. But I just don't know who else would come in that could do a a, a, more, a, a better job straight away. Um, and you also got to say, you know, looking at the money side, um, Peter Swan spent a lot of money. Um, you know, the clubs. You know, has got quite a lot of debt, really. You know, does it want to start paying off more people um, in the hope that it might might bring somebody better in? I, I think Neil Cox is safe um, for for a little while yet. You mentioned there about the the confidence of players, and I, I think that has been quite evident. Certainly, with some more than others, I think you know Tyler Cordner was probably an example of that. Even though he's he's not with us now, you know, I think he was a player that needs a bit of a, a good run. Do you think that is you know a big part of why it's not working so much at the minute, or do you think it's it's in terms of tactics, or is it just some of the players they're just not up to the level? You know, why do you think, or is it is a combination of all the things? Why do you think it's sort of not? quite clicking at the minute because as you said earlier on you know we're, we're over halfway now and this this season is going very quick and we we're only what is it three points off bottom of the league mm-hmm. exactly right and uh it's it, i think i think it could be a bit of there i think the biggest problem we've got is we haven't got a leader on the pitch you know if you look back at any of our times when we've always had somebody there that's been controlling the troops that's been passing on information that's been leading that you know leading from the front if you like and that you know, you look around the team and, OK, you've got Clark at right back who's, you know, who's been injured as well. And, you know, have we really got that leader leader there? And I think it's true to say, and I think Neil has probably said it as well, some of our players aren't good enough. Um, but we've got what we've got and we've, we've suffered some injuries as well. Um, so it's a bit of all of that, really. You know, you've also sometimes got to take players out of the firing line because consistently getting beaten, your confidence is, is absolutely uh, shot to pieces and you don't perform. And uh, I think that's, that's been quite evident with some of the players that have now, aren't now with the club. Um, probably just didn't have the stomach for it. And what we've got to do now is get a couple of wins so that the lads get their confidence back, you know, they get their mojo back and they look forward to games because they know they've got a chance of winning. Um, and hopefully that starts today. I think a lot has been made of the club's transfer policy and the transfer committee and players that were brought in in the, the summer um, and arguably before that as well, not quite being good enough and, and up to the level, um, not for kind of playing straight away. Maybe, you know, maybe in a couple of years they might have improved and might be ready. But at the moment, you know, we need players that are ready now and, and kind of to come straight into the team. Um, obviously, the fans have been really critical of how players have been signed. So I just kind of... Interested to know what happened, you know, when you were at the club, when you were on the board, how did we scout players? Obviously, Turnbull um, was heavily involved, but, you know, did Steve Wharton get involved in signing players, you know, apart from actually signing them off and, and paying for them? Did he ever kind of recommend any players or um, was it purely kind of the manager, scouts and, and people like that? No, Steve, Steve Wharton was amazing because he'd jump in his car. And a funny story was he jumped in his car to sign Martin Patterson um, and bless Steve, his Bentley was only firing on three cylinders. But rather than uh, cry over his soup, he carried on going with three cylinders on his Bentley at 35 miles an hour to Stoke. Um, Steve, Steve, you know, was determined to get the players. Steve was getting good information um, on players from his source, and but wouldn't buy them himself. He would, he would talk to Brian. You know, when I when I was went to, went to watch Billy Sharp at Rushton and Diamonds, it wasn't any you know, me signing them. It was me bringing it to the attention of Steve and Brian and they would make the decisions. But I think, again, because you've got consistency 
with the manager. Brian Laws knew so many people. And Brian was known as a really good manager operating a very good ship at Scunthorpe. Uh, Steve Wharton, the, uh, you know, I, I think Steve Wharton ran the best football club in the lower leagues for many, many years. Certainly wasn't a hobby by any stretch. Otherwise, we wouldn't have got Billy Sharp or uh, Gary Hooper or Martin Patterson or Peter Beagree or Jermaine Beckford or Henry Lansbury. You know, we were, we were serious at what we were doing. And that was because there was stability. Everybody could look at us and say, wow, you know, they look after their players. They blood them well. They look after them well. They get them into good digs. Um, and we were known as a place to send good players. You know, Jack Cork came from Chelsea. He's gone on to bigger and better things because we looked after the players. And when you haven't got consistency in management, um, you know, you don't build any of those longer term relationships. It's always a bit knee jerk and, you know, who can we get today? It's urgent sort of thing. And that doesn't build trust or longevity, which is what we tried to do in the past. Another thing I think from the interview that was quite noticeable to us was the comments that they're saying that the chairman, you know, he'd been to training certainly this week because he was talking about how Jordan Hallam was doing. I know Neil Cox referenced that in the interview. Now, obviously, you know, football changes and, you know, the way the club run is different and everything like that. Um, but what about in, in your day, you know, would was was training something that was just left to the, the management and the team and, you know, that was it. They do their thing out there and, you know, the, the board was separate or did you and, you know, Mr. Wharton, did you go down and have a look at it sometimes? How did that go on? No, we didn't, we didn't interfere. At the end of the day, that would just be put, for me, be putting more pressure on a manager, especially when you haven't uh, necessarily been getting the best results. Um, it's easy and you don't, probably wouldn't mind when you've got a few wins and you're having a laugh and there's people joking on the on the training ground and it's all fun. That's probably, you know, Steve Wharton might have got, popped down there and, and engaged in something with them, but certainly didn't interfere or watch the training sessions and not, neither did I. Um, you know, we'd go into the changing rooms at the end of each game and, and uh, congratulate the players or commiserate with the players and, and, and be positive. But no, I think any chairman going and watching the... Uh, watching the training sessions, but it is 95% his club. So he's got a vested interest. So he's every right to do it. Um, and, you know, I'm sure he wasn't interfering with what training was going on. But, you know, I, I would have thought that, that a chairman's presence at a time when the manager's trying to get his players motivated probably wasn't overly helpful. Um, if it was, if it was a, you know, a regular every day of the week occurrence, uh, probably wasn't overly helpful. Their, fr their freedom of speech and the way they acted probably wouldn't be in as natural as it would have been if he wasn't there. But, you know, it's his club, so he can do what he wants. When we were promoted uh, to the Championship, we obviously had one at a relatively small budget compared to some of the other teams in the league. Yeah. Um, you look at it now, obviously the salary cap come in, so everyone is, is pretty much you know, having to spend the same amount. You, know, you can't buy the league anymore, I guess. Um, obviously, football's kind of moved on from when you were at the club. Um, but, you know, we can spend 1.5 million at the moment. Um, obviously, we, we've maybe not spent that wisely. Maybe we've got too big a squad. Maybe um, some of the players we've brought in aren't good enough. Um, I suppose I suppose what we've done in the past and, and under Steve Wharton proves that you can have a successful side with a relatively small budget. Yeah, you're right. It has changed. And, um, you know, I, I do feel for... Um, the, the, the chairman in that respect, you know, he's, he's, well, he's very wealthy, his family's very wealthy in his own rights, but that doesn't mean to say that he's allowed to, to sort of go and spend it on a whim. I mean, we, you know, we got some very, very good players on loan. And I think that, you know, that, 
that matched with the good players that we'd got in the team. You know, the, the Henry Lansbury's from Arsenal, the Jermaine Beckford's from Leeds, uh, Steve McLean from Rangers. You know, those type of players were, were good players to bring in um, as additional players. And, we, we, you know, we, we got the likes of Gary Hooper, Andy Keogh, and and I keep mentioning Billy Sharp. And, you know, those players were just fantastic for us. And they weren't on stupid money either. We just had a strategy that we... Actually, we wrote a strategy. When we brought Brian Laws back after his uh, very short uh, bit of gardening leave that he had before he went to Sheffield and Burnley, and Steve Wharton and I wrote a strategy for the next five years of the club, and that was to get players in that were going to be bought at sensible money that would be an investment in us. In other words, we looked at almost as if we were, you know, footballer investment agency rather than a football club. And that's why we ended up, uh, you know, um, people were mentioning players to us like Billy and like Andy Keogh and like Gary Hooper um, that weren't in the first team at other clubs, to be fair. Um, and that proved that proved to be the right strategy. And all, all I would like to see right now is, given where we are, is what is the plan? Um, you know, what is the plan? It, it can't. We can't just keep saying, well, we've got what we've got. Um, you know, we've got to actually have a plan to turn this around. If it was a normal business, um, you know, and you were underperforming in the market and your sales were down, you'd have a plan to turn it around. You'd do more marketing or you'd, you'd change your salespeople or you'd do whatever. And I'd just like to see more of a bones of a plan that is probably evident, um, but I'd like to just understand what it was. Yeah, I mean, Swan mentioned to us in the week he wasn't thinking about relegation, and I think he kind of dismissed the the whole idea of relegation. Obviously, saying there's um, kind of well, I don't know if he confirmed that there weren't any release clauses and things like that in contracts. I think he was just completely dismissing the the, the re- thought of relegation. Didn't really want to speak about it. And I think on the back of that, he's been getting a bit of stick this week. You know, there's not there's no plan in place. Um, to me, I mean. I, Although he's not kind of talking about it, surely he must have a, a plan. You know, if, if the worst does happen and we find ourselves in the bottom two and there is a relegation this season, because obviously the National League still may be voided, um, surely he has a plan to kind of you know, move the club forward if that did happen. I, I think he's absolutely right not to be talking about relegation. I think that was just, uh, you know, if you get that regularly into your vocabulary with half the season gone, you're already defeated. You know, I know sometimes we laugh when you get managers up near the top of the Premier League saying, no, we've not looked at the league table. That's It's nonsense. Of course, Mr Swan knows where we are in the league and he knows what he'll do if we get relegated. But to be talking about it, to be bringing that sort of um, worst possible scenario into, our vocab- into his vocabulary would be the wrong thing to do. Um, you know, obviously he will be hoping and praying and, and looking at bringing people in to try and avoid that situation with Neil Cox. Um, but he's right not to be mentioning that R word, especially as devastating as it would be going out of the Football League. We'll start to wrap up pretty soon because obviously match kicks off in 15 minutes. As we're talking about the relegation and everything there, you mentioned earlier on that obviously... You know, this the season's it's fast moving along. We've played the teams in and around us. We've lost to a lot of them. Um, do you think with what we've got now, let's say that we don't bring anybody in in the transfer window, do you think with what we've got now is enough to keep us up this season? Uh, I think it's... I'm not avoiding the question. I think it's going to be interesting to see how we do today because today is a bit of a cup final for us. He's putting a, an attacking team out of the, of, the, of the majority of the lads that are going to be available 
you know, we're going to get Kevin Van Veen back in a few weeks. Olamola's going to be coming back um, soon. Um, so hopefully that will be will bring some good news for us. I think the other thing is that, you know, we've got equally as many points from the teams in the top half of the table as we have from the bottom half of the table. It's easy to say we've lost to the bottom four. You know, we've only, we've lost, um, you know, to five out of the bottom nine. and But we've, we've won five of the bottom nine. But we've got as many points beating the top half of the table as we have in the bottom. So we've got to remain optimistic. Um, people might think I'm, I'm nuts, but we've got no choice. We've got what we've got. We might get some of our injured players back. We might get a couple in. Um, but we've. I can't see that there's too many. I think there's two, three, four, five teams worse than us in this division. Um, and I'm sure we're going to be OK. And then just to finish off with, have you got a score prediction for today? Um, right. Well, we've only drawn two games all season. So I'm going to go for a draw um, and I'm going to go 1-1. Uh, I, th- I think it could be nil-nil. Matt, how about you? Um, yeah, I think a draw looks likely. I think it's yeah. going to be quite cagey. But I think, you know, we, we mentioned earlier on, if we can get the attacking players into the game, I think, you know, if Issa has a good game and, and we get him on the ball and they don't double up on him, I, th- I think they will. I think, like Simon uh, mentioned earlier on, at their place, they definitely saw Issa as probably our main threat and um, tried to kind of nullify that. And I, I think they did. And uh, I think if we can get him on the ball... I think if we can utilise Green's pace a little bit more and, and kind of help Loft, you know, get players in and around him, I think we may um, we may just nick it. But, you know, I don't know. The, the players need to turn up first. I think if, if we turn up, um, yeah, I think, we, I think we might get something. Because let's be honest, I mean, Grimsby at their spot were, were pretty dire. So, you know, I think it's hopefully um, both teams... Uh, are a lot better than than that day and, and a bit more of a spectacle because that was that was a really poor game to watch. But um, yeah, hopefully we can nick it. And I think we'll probably leave it there because, like I say, ten minutes to kick off. Uh, Simon, thanks for coming back on. Really interesting. And thank you very much for everyone for listening to this one. Ten minutes of the match. We'll be back for podcast this weekend, probably, or Monday if it's not. And also, we have got plans for an in-conversation next week, and it's a pretty good one. So we'll see you on the next podcast pretty soon. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.